0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, Uh, make sure if you want more from us, you can watch Logan on Take Command on the Commanders YouTube page. You can also catch me on the radio three to six each and every day on the Team 980. All right, Logan, the quarterback conversation. Picking up where we left off with Nikki. Uh, Dominique Foxworth was on ESPN the other day uh and said, you know, hey, I think the second best fit outside the Packers for the Commanders or for Aaron Rodgers is the Commanders. And the Derek Carr rumors are starting to heat up. And I uh I honestly kind of hate it all. Um, and while I understand the appeal of a veteran on some level, and certainly folks that are as, as proven as Rogers, I think that if you're trying to build something sustainable, constantly chasing a veteran is a lot more likely to have you looking like the Indianapolis Colts and a lot less likely to have you looking like the san francisco 49ers or one of these other teams that's had success with younger quarterbacks or even frankly the new york jets who missed on zach wilson tremendously in the draft he seems to be a total bust for them at that second overall pick where they're they're figuring out if they can even move forward with him uh for year three and Yet they still finished just outside the playoffs this year and look to be building towards something good. And I guess that's kind of where I – one of the things that I'm I'm considering from a data point, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it, is if you miss on a rookie, you miss on a young guy, that means your money's gone somewhere else. And if you miss on a veteran quarterback, you are in really deep you-know-what. And to me, that's why I know there's so much emphasis on this year for Ron Rivera – but I still don't think the right move for this team at this time, the way the rest of the roster is built, is to go after a veteran and spend that money.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I've always been a big advocate for like finding a rookie quarterback. I've actually been talking to somebody. Um, gosh, I can't forget. I forget his name. He he works for Iron Neck. You know, the 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 strength and conditioning company. Mm-hmm. Really, really awesome dude. And he sent me this thing. And his philosophy about quarterbacks was like, I would just keep drafting rookie quarterbacks, even if you hit on a quarterback. Now, I don't know if I would go that far. But I think that that is a very telling solution. And what I mean by that is rookies give you financial flexibility. And when your roster is not complete, it's that is what I'm looking for is financial flexibility is getting a rookie quarterback or a cheap veteran so that I can do stuff to make the roster better. I can go out and Sign a free agent tackle if I want. I can re sign Deron Payne. I can do that kind of stuff to make sure that the team's better. And when you look around, especially in recent history, like quarterbacks on Super Bowl winning teams take up a relatively small percentage of the quarterback. It's not these elite names, it's not your Kirk Cousins, who's taking up a huge chunk of cap for Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, that type of guy, even Josh Allen to a certain extent, because it inhibits what you can do long term. So, I think I think right after the um, Matt Stafford trade to LA, everyone was like, "That is the formula. The draft picks aren't as valuable. We can find a quarterback in free agency. We'll pay him, and then all of a sudden, or trade for him, and then we'll be ready to go, and we'll be ready to make." The, and that's like you see that with Cleveland, you see that with Indianapolis, and that became like kind of the. The force du jour for a while in terms of this is the solution i think just because a couple teams hit recently there's like this recency bias i still think finding a young player and or a, or a cheaper veteran to helmet is the right decision and i understand Derek carr like Derek carr from last year was an outstanding football player but he has shown a a decrease in his performance every time he comes to a new offense so I think that's an important variable to be aware of because he's going to have a decrease in performance. You're going to be paying that man $35 million, maybe $40 million a year for a down year next year. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the same guy that he's been in Green Bay. And if you look at what Green Bay did, which I think is really innovative, is they have a very, very talented roster around him that is a run-first approach. And so he needs accommodations at this point in his career. He's not going to come out and be... You know, a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow, someone who's elevating the roster in the way that he was maybe four years ago. So that's where I think those types of retreads become very, very dangerous because they limit you you financially. You basically put the roster in cryostasis and say, we can't move forward from here. And that's the thing that's very, very scary is because this is not a complete roster. The Commanders is not a, a fully fleshed-out roster. We've talked about the O-line. We've talked about the secondary, um, You know, probably another safety. You, those acquisitions become very, very challenging, and it puts a lot of pressure on your scouting department to hit in the draft because those are cheaper, relatively speaking, players. So I agree with you. I think that the veteran thing is, is tough unless you are 100% sure, but when you're 100% sure, you're paying a premium for that.
0: Right. So here are the, the veteran quarterbacks who it's worked for. Tom Brady, who was coming off of a remarkable season and actually a Super Bowl win. But also uh, when took he less went money to than a,
1: a top deal. You know what I mean? He structured his deal yeah. so that they could well, actually, keep... You sorry, know what he mean?
0: Did, yeah, he had he'd won the Super Bowl two years before and still looked pretty good his final right. year in New England. And then went to Tampa on a cheaper deal. And all those years he went in New England, he was on a cheaper deal. Relatively but like, speaking, in, even in terms of just the evaluation piece, like Brady, we we're pretty sure he was still going to be good in Tampa. Yeah. Matt Stafford was a very unique case coming out of Detroit, where he's still playing at an exceptionally high level, and he was just kind of sick of Detroit. Yes. Like, loved the city, loved the people, but was like, I got to get out of here. I gotta, I gotta do something else and that's out he went they granted his wish and and he was still a good player but the whole thing is like good quarterbacks that are playing well don't become available because otherwise the teams want to keep them aaron Rodgers got an insane contract last offseason because two years ago he was the mvp but guess right. what when you do that give that to a guy who's 38 years old you never know where that cliff is going to be and it's not like he fell off the cliff this year like he was still pretty good but he certainly started slow and you see what that he's not some king maker because until Christian Watkins got back their offense stunk like right. DeVonte Adams may have been propping Aaron Rodgers up a little bit more than we realized it you know and that maybe we thought Rodgers was propping Adams up like no DeVonte Adams is the real deal we saw that this year in Vegas how dominant he was through their offensive struggles his statistics were insane uh, i believe he led the league in receiving touchdowns and so you see like there's a real risk in Aaron Rodgers. So why would you give a ton of money to Aaron Rodgers and have it potentially blow up in your face? And then, by the way, he's not a long-term solution because you're he's he's older. Like he's not I right. mean, he's flirting with retirement again this offseason. Um which is hilariously ironic considering how his career started with the far retirement flirtations, but um poor Jordan Love going through the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, with uh, with Carr, you never know, uh, up and down over the last like four years, he's alternated between M- borderline MVP caliber play and like unplayable level of play. Mm-hmm. But the other thing about this, Logan, is something you said last week, two weeks ago on the pod that I thought was really, really insightful. The evaluations at offensive line, for instance, are so much easier and the hit rate is so much <clears throat> higher than quarterback. So if I'm going to spend money, like cash, I'd rather spend it on a sure thing. I'd rather spend on an offensive lineman or another position that I feel good that the guy that I'm paying is going to work for me and I take my lottery tickets on things that are lottery tickets. I will take my lottery ticket of a first-round pick and spend it on a quarterback because if it doesn't work, and I wind up having to play the then mid-level veteran I can sign because I'm not paying my QB1 top-tier money, a.k.a. what the Jets did with Joe Flacco this year, then they that guy can keep you afloat. If you have Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell stinks all of a sudden next year, Heineke could keep you afloat in the playoff picture, or Jacoby Brissett, or whoever that level of player is. Because a $10 million, $11 million backup is... A lot better than the backup you're going to get when you're spending $40 million on a quarterback. And so I think that when you talk about the risk level of evaluations, it also makes sense to take flyers on quarterbacks and then spend money on sure things. And that raises the floor of your team dramatically.
1: Yeah, and I also think with a quarterback, I think quarterbacks are more situational dependent than people want to acknowledge. Everyone says, oh, you get mm. Tom Brady in his prime in here, and it elevates this team. And I think Tom Brady's the best football player of all time. But him coming here to the offense that they ran last year, you're not going to get the same Tom Brady. They really knew how to elevate Tom Brady in New England. And you saw that in Tampa Bay, too. You saw the friction when he first arrived there and they won the Super Bowl. You saw the friction between him and Byron Leftwich in terms of offensive philosophy. Brady wanted to do a little bit more play action. He wanted more answers. He didn't want this kind of vertical attacking downfield stuff quite as comprehensively. right? And it took probably six, seven weeks them to find their legs. And I think that that's important to acknowledge. I think fans see Matt Stafford's success in LA and they say, oh, we should have got him here. We would have had the same success. Like, no, the scheme, the roster is in different spots. And that's where that evaluation is so important is to understand where you are at. And I agree, like the money is important. But if there was a guy available right now that would elevate this roster, I would say he's worth $40 million. The problem is, I don't think either one of these guys are elevating the roster, Rogers or Carr. Because Carr had a, a pretty solid offensive skill set in um in Oakland in uh, Las Vegas, excuse me, and those guys didn't elevate him. They didn't he he didn't elevate that offense the way you thought it would, right? The offensive line wasn't very good. So you bring him here and you are going to be relying kind of in a similar situation. You've got good skill position players. He's got to learn a new offense and the offensive line's not very good. And quite frankly, it's the same thing in green Bay. The offensive line was struggling and Rogers struggled. And again, the skill position talent's better here and maybe he can, he can magnify that. But I always think it's important for people to understand like the situation has to be right for the quarterback to come here. He's going to get paid a lot of money. You got to make sure that's the right decision. So I agree with you. I I think you want to kind of be smart here and you want to just keep taking shots. Quarterback is one of those things where you want to keep taking shots because the more volume you get in, the more eyes you get on new young talent, the better you're going to do. So, what's the best way to do that? It's find a Jacoby Brissett. Find a that's where that's where I think this staff did a really good job with the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. It didn't work out because of injury, but that ultimately is what you want to do. You want to find a guy like that, draft a young guy, and say, develop.
0: And, well, that was the thing they screwed up with the Fitzpatrick season was they didn't draft the young guy. Right. They, well, they, they just took yeah. FitzPatrick and, right. and then we're like, uh, okay, it's him and then Heineke's the backup. We're right. like, and Kyle Allen and it's like where's the where's the where's the, the, pro- the, the project? Right. Right. Um, but for in terms of like their ability to win that season with the defense they thought they had, I didn't mind the Fitzpatrick signing at the time.
1: And so that's what this year should be like, I think. And you have Sam Howell. So then you have this dynamic that, again, it allows you to allocate draft capital. It allows you to allocate financial resources to the rest of the roster. And I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you look at Seattle with Russell Wilson. You look at Baltimore with Joe Flacco. You look at the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the, the list is endless. Because the rookie's on a deal, you can elevate and improve your roster and then all of a sudden you're in a position where you can make a run in the playoffs with a quarterback. That's not very good. And so, I mean, I look at Atlanta for, I think Atlanta's a really good example of this. We've talked about them as a case study multiple times in this show, but they have four first round picks on the offensive line. They have more cap than anybody else in the NFL because they have a rookie quarterback and now they can literally go out and do whatever they want. They can spend as right. much money. They can do whatever they need. And, they can find interchangeable pieces for running back. The skill position players will be elevated and they can insulate the quarterback. They just need to improve the defense. And that essentially is what you got to think about here with Washington. I, we said on a show and I got, got some heat from this. And so I just want to acknowledge that, that I said there are two offensive linemen in a corner away from making a playoff push. That's true but how do you get yourself in the best position to make that happen? And I don't think paying a quarterback $40 million is a good step to getting that done.
0: Right. The funny thing about Atlanta is I, I was reading Jeremy Fowler's like off season predictions, uh, you know, kind of, kind of bold offseason predictions piece yep. on ESPN.com. And he said, you know, that's a sleeper place for Lamar. If if Baltimore yes. ultimately can't come to an agreement, but it's because they have built it a certain way. Like right. what they have built in Atlanta is a clear vision. And that's one thing that we've criticized here is like, They've got these amazing receivers. And then we're like, we're going to be a run first team. And it's like, we didn't build your offensive line that way. You spent some draft capital on Brian Robinson, which like is fine. And you can have good. There's no rule that says you can not have good running backs and a good running game. And also a dynamic downfield passing game. That's actually the ideal, but it was kind of interesting how interesting is a nice way to put it. Uh, Misguided uh, seems to not connect the way they built the roster and the way they had a philosophy Atlanta's so on top of that. They are like this is who we are, this is who we want to be. We're gonna draft everybody within that that vision, and the way they've built it, all of a sudden with fifty-six million dollars in cap space, if they want to sign Lamar for forty and make a trade uh, t- with him, like he's the perfect fit for them at quarterback, and right. they've got receivers that could actually be very helpful to him, and they've got plug and play at running back, and they've got the O line. So, um, if your roster's built up, then yeah, maybe you. You are at that point where you are a quarterback away. Um, but obviously, this team, as you said, is you know, you say they're they're two linemen in a corner away. Well, they're two linemen, uh, you know, which you've said. I'm just I'm just yeah. clarifying before anyone jumps, although I'm sure they've already typed their comment, hit enter. <laughs> like, they're you're two linemen, a corner, and a quarterback, quarterback away. away. Um, unless Sam turns into something that you know, faster than I think we anticipate, which is right. possible, but right. you know. That's also going to depend on the OC and, and how they insulate him and all that kind of stuff.
1: But I'm saying, yeah, I guess what I'm saying with the the two the two O O-linemen and the cornerback kind of thing I was talking about, the thing about that is that if you can again adopt this run first approach, run r- the run game is directly correlated to how good your O line is and how talented those guys are. So that's why Atlanta is an interesting case study because they have a lot of first rounders on the O line. San Francisco they have one two. They have have two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and then a free agent at right guard. So that's a lot of draft capital invested in that group. Uh, uh, Baltimore is the same way. A lot of draft capital invested in that group. So if you want that group to be good, there seems to be a precedent to say, hey, let's get this O line to be good. Then our running efficiency becomes better. And then Sam Howell doesn't have to do all this heavy lifting. He's going to be under less pressure. He can run the football. And I know there's this case, there's the conversation about Joe Burrow, Versus when they, when they were going to draft Paday Sewell or um, the receiver. This is the LSU kid. Really uh, Jamar player. Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah, That was the conversation. They said, oh, look how it turned out for Jamar Chase. That's a different situation. Probably more of an outlier. And I understand why they did it. But I do think that if you can insulate the young quarterback, rely on a good defense, upgrade with the corner, re-sign to or whatever you're going to do there, Get another safety rotational piece upgrade the offensive line that's five players that's five picks if you hit on all of them holy cow watch out maybe hit some stuff in free agency again because you've saved some money that roster is now scaffolded in a way that it supports sam howell if that ends up being the guy or jacoby brissett or you know andy dalton whoever it is and all of a sudden you become way more dangerous just because the roster is elevated. So I think that's kind of what I'm talking about. And I understand the quarterback's the key cog there, but yeah. you can make it less impactful and less important by managing some of these other decisions. And I think that's what I would like them to see. Is again this is a point of frustration. I have and I'm diverging a little bit here. They seem to draft offensive linemen that are guards. You need tackles too. You need guys who yeah. are tackles. You need to flesh that out. And so I would like to see them really kind of say. This is the guy we like. He fits our philosophy and hit a home run on that with 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 an offensive lineman. Sorry. Yeah.
0: No, all good. Um, and Burrow is such an exception because he's so Correct. freaking special. He's a baller. Like, he's so special. He elevates every – he is the kind of quarterback that elevates the O-line and getting him chase a guy that he has ultimate familiarity with and also could be a potential Hall of Fame receiver, like, Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not, and by the way, the Bengals would probably still be really good if they had Panay Sewell, but, um, who also has shown himself to be a dynamic pass catcher. Uh, we saw saw Detroit, but, um, you know, if you're, yeah, draft a hall of famer, uh, sure. That's it's, if you're gonna, if you're going to go against philosophy, you do it for a guy like chase, um, who I think they really knew was, was that special and obviously had the connection with burrow. Um, but if you look at the, the recent list of, of, Super Bowl winners just to underscore your point. Um, it's everything you're saying, and then Peyton Manning. He's like the only exception. Um, mm-hmm. we talked about we talked about the Stafford exception, um, but they had built up that roster uh, in very unique way in LA. Uh they obviously win last year. Tampa paying Brady under market value um and had built up that roster previous to that. Uh, Kansas City, Mahomes was still on his first deal, and he's also on a really interesting deal where right. Kansas City is going to be able to continue to build, and he's still got five hundred million dollars. Somehow that those things are both true. uh like New a England deal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, New England uh, with Brady, Philadelphia, uh, Carson was their QB one to kind of start that year. From so financial structures, obviously, Foles winds up being the the QB one in the Super and Bowl. What's crazy but about he's that on is he's Foles... on a rookie deal.
1: Foles was making a higher percentage of the salary cap that year. I think it was like right. two and a half or something, as opposed to the one that, which is crazy. But th- think about that. That's but that's kind of what of we're you, talking yeah, about. Right, right.
0: Right. Right. It's it's if you can get the rookie and the cheap backup or the 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 mid priced or like you know yeah, two mid-tier. out of five uh, on the cost scale backup, like that's a good formula.
1: Right, 100%. And I I think, again, like when you look at recent teams that have won Super Bowls, because it's not, as much as people want to say it's the quarterback, and the quarterback, yes, it's a critical piece, but it's not the only piece. And there are very few players outside of a Peyton Manning-type guy who can elevate the whole roster to compensate for the money that you're dumping into them. And I think teams are starting to become more aware of that. And again, that's one of the reasons a first-round quarterback is so valuable, because you get this huge piece for you that's going to be fractional fa- fractions on the dollar to what you're going to have to pay a high priced free agent so i think that is what i'd like to see here and again i think when again i'm i'm stepping back looking at it i think that's one of the reasons sam Howell is so appetizing to this team because they liked him they thought he was worthy of like a third second third round pick i'm i'm speculating there but you know like there's a lot of draft people who had him in that range anyway right so they felt like here's the guy, we like him a lot, he looked good in the last game, and that's why they're going to give him a pretty good shot at this, because if that's true, they can do all of this other roster work we were just discussing
0: yeah definitely um basically it's manning is the only exception denver um other than that it's guys like uh flacco still on his rookie deal um you know obviously they faced kaepernick who's on a rookie deal in that yeah. super bowl right. russell wilson on his rookie deal like a bunch of guys who ultimately got paid and not saying it was the wrong thing to pay them either if they're that good but you know the, it's hard the rookies, to get back it's hard yeah. to get back right i yeah, think you, it's... you wind up having to make really tough decisions
1: right right absolutely